Cool. Welcome to a, a, a really weird special edition of Eastern Conference Confidential. I don't even know where this is going to go. I might upload this as, as as its own thing. I might upload it as a as kind of a thing halfway through <laughs> whatever we're doing tomorrow. I'm not really sure, but but anyway, uh, Evan Blow, I'm here with Phil, the uh, the waviest man in, in St. Louis. But maybe maybe not uh, at this point. Um, What's up, Phil? How's it going? Maybe I'm in North Dakota now, so like we're kind of breaking new barriers, a new frontier that's of true. Uh, Eastern Conference Confidential. Yeah, yeah, moving out west. That's uh, right. That's right. How, how are the so, seven other people from... in North North Dakota, by the way? Yeah, right. I think we brought <laughs> ten total, including oh, man. all the kids. So, that's crazy. Yeah. That's too many. So we're uh, maybe doubling the, uh, the normal the population, population out there. In this area. Damn. Yeah. Damn. Good for you guys. Yeah, man. How's it going to Billy? Outside of Billy, rather. Hey, can't complain, you know. Uh, seven in a row, looking to make it eight against against the Hounds this weekend. So, uh, you know, it, it sucks when, when people you like in this world aren't having a good time. But at the same time, <laughs> you know, it's not my life, man. I don't know it. Yeah, well, at least, you know, we're here to kind of talk about changes to the crap that's happening. So at least there's changes to talk about. And, it's and true. Maybe it's true. Light at the know. end of the tunnel or whatever, I guess. Let's hope. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so like, what's what's going on? I saw, you know, St. Louis is making some moves, but you want to you run down a couple for us? Yeah, yeah. There's really only one to talk about right now. I don't know any inside information, but I thought I'd even, like, mention what's going on uh to you because uh yeah like all the rumors started yesterday i guess there wasn't just one guy absent from uh training yesterday it was more than one uh we don't know who else it was i don't want to even speculate but um uh we know jose angula was loaned to oklahoma city in exchange for daniel jackson being on a permanent move to st louis fc so um you know it's an interesting thing an ex uh usl mvp being traded for a guy that has a max of two goals in a season um it's really a strange move but i'm i'm seriously hoping our our um you know gm and maybe precky has been involved with looking for this guy and giving him another chance he's been injured for a long time and hasn't gotten many looks with okc today so (laughs) um yeah so I guess, you know, do you think that's a that's kind of like a, a morale thing, like a, a locker room thing? Or you know, I, I guess, I mean, that's you speculating again. You said you didn't want to do that. But, you know, it's, it's just a really kind of an odd, you know, move on the surface for a guy, like you said, who has that kind of pedigree in Angulo and then to bring in a guy, you know, okay, he's injured. But um, it's not kind of like a like for like where you, you kind of feel like you're going to get the same production out of out of one that you're going to get out of the other. Right, exactly. And on, yeah, exactly. Especially on the production side. Um, so, you know, this guy looks and sounds to be more of a winger. Maybe he's an attacking winger, which is where we've been a little more weak. Mm. Um, you know, getting service has been something we've talked about being the biggest problem in St. Louis. So, mm. you know, if, if you can't get service and you can't find a number 10 or something like that, we were talking about earlier, yeah. that's not Krecky's style to go for a number 10, it's to attack down the wings. And so we haven't had, in my opinion, the fullbacks and the wingers to get the job done to take some uh, pressure off of uh, the middle of the field. And so maybe this is a a move to trade a guy who's supposed to be a pure goal scorer for uh, a winger who can get some some crosses and service in there for the strikers who are the guys that are Mm. supposed to be the goals, who 
in in my opinion, you know, they haven't had a chance to be good this season. Maybe including Jose, I want to say that. Mm, um, yeah. You know, maybe they were between Valeski and or um, Angulo as a trade option, and Angulo was just the most attractive one to give away with that MVP. Sure. You know. Sure. So. Yeah. So those are my thoughts so far. I don't know if you said you had opinions on St. Louis. Is there anything you're thinking? <laughs> I, man, it's it's weird because I think if if you know you don't have Valeski, um, it's it's a massive problem. Um, and I think like you and I were talking about um, yesterday or, or the day before, you know, if 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 service isn't there, you know, there there's no point, you know, there's nothing for these, these strikers up front to, to show, you know, any kind of production or or goal scoring. And, you know, you know, on a bigger level, even from that, it it turns into, well, if, you know, these guys can't get going and can't score, the team's never going to win because, you know, okay, you're only giving up a goal a game or or less than that, or, you know, um, with, with Grinless playing well, but, you know, there's nothing, offensively to, 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 you know, save him in a way from, from posting good numbers. Um, but if, you know, if you can't score, you don't win, you don't get points. There's no, you know, tangible, um, reward for playing soccer at that point almost. So, um, yeah, just, just really bizarre what's going on out, out there for sure this year. It is. And, you know, I keep defending the team, saying they need a couple more games and and those games have expired. Mm. And I think maybe the front office might have been on the same wavelength. Um, Not saying I knew anything or that I'm an expert, but there was, you know, there were tweets after this last game that we lost five to one to to Charlotte. Mm. Um, The owner and the president of the club both of them tweeted out publicly saying this isn't good enough. Our crowd is good. Our front office is doing what we need to do. And the, the product on the field is terrible. And it's both of them use the word unacceptable. Mm. And so um, that's definitely a message to our GM, to our team, the players, the coach, the coaching staff. And so I imagine this is a response to that where they're, they're doing what they can to shake things up. Kind of like what you were saying um but you know no one's happy no one's happy Mm. in st louis and something needs to change it's been three years of just utter trash unfortunately in the field and and the game day experience is so good it's such a weird Mm. strange thing to have going on consistently um and then on top of that uh, something maybe you would know as well is in precky's history this has not happened you know i mean tough start in toronto people blame kind of disagreements in toronto but in Chivas, he had tough starts, and he always finished well. As an yeah. assistant, as yeah, head yeah. coach, yeah. Sacramento, slow starts, and then awesome finishes. This is new ground in most ways right now. And and for him, too, I think you kind of look at the clubs that he was at, especially in the MLS side of things. Um, because, really, I think you can put a lot of guys in the in the sea at Sacramento Republic, and they do okay. Um I, you know that's just a it's just a really well-run organization. Um, not that Toronto isn't obviously, but you look at you know TFC and that was that was an expansion club kind of coming in and you know um, a lot of the challenges with that were just making sure that they could field a competent team and that they had some pieces for the future. Um, and then Chivas is all, it was a whole nother thing, and I think a lot of the problems that he had there weren't necessarily his problems to have. 
Um, yeah, so, it, you know, maybe part of it is that this is just really new to him, so he's kind of learning as he goes in a way with this, which um, would be interesting. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's a good thought in that, um, yeah, he's never had to join a team in his third year, but then the, the caveat to that is, you know, we did drop everyone but three players, so it was almost an expansion side sure. without being an expansion side, you know. Was, yeah. So, you know, who, what he's dealing with up top on the upper levels here, I don't know what's going on. I'm well, not sure anyone I, does. And I think that was – I was I was going to kind of get to that. I'm, I'm glad you did because, you know, okay, you, you only brought in three guys from, from last year. But, you know, did the GM go to Precky and go, okay, who do you want? You know, who don't you want? What kind of system are we playing? You know, is it one of those? Um, and I'm, I'm talking way out of my, my league at this point. But, um, you know, it's one of those things where I think, exactly right. uh, you know, good coach to GM relationships are very much built on the GM understanding his coach, understanding what kind of system his coach wants, understanding what kind of players his coach wants, and then going out and, and, and getting those. Um, and then I guess the other thing, you know, you said the the owner and the GM both came out on Twitter after after the most recent game, which um, you know I think you guys are a little unlucky maybe to to see Charlotte um, when you did, just because of how how hot they've been lately. But um, at the same time, you know, is that one of those things where pressure from and. and you know, the fan base and then, you know, other members of the media like yourself outside the club, um, you know, was that, a, was that a factor at all for those guys? People that have said, you know, oh, we've been here for three years. You need to start showing us something because, you know, um, that's a very, uh, you know, common thing for a lot of teams that can't seem to get a foothold in, in the league at, at any level in the United States, really. Yeah, no, I think that's exactly what the question is here for me. This has been my biggest confusion is, yeah, we don't know what's happening at the top. And so a lot of people are lashing out, you know, just classic fan stuff, lashing out saying, oh, the coach needs to go, the GM needs to go. And so the big question is, like, who's making the mistakes here? We'll never know. But I am curious because Preki seems to have brought his players in for the most part. And so, you know, you can look at the roster and kind of guess which ones are obviously Precky, the guys from California, the European types, and then which ones might have come from our GM. It's only a few guys, it seems like, that have come from our GM. And so, you know, if someone's trying to point the blame, it's re really interesting to look at, yeah, the GM's been here three years, but how many players was he actually responsible for bringing in? Mm. And, you know, other than him having the final word on all of them, of course, but... Um, but I think it's a general consensus that, that Precky pretty much chose a large majority of this team himself and came in with a system that, you know, obviously on the first day he came in and they announced him, he announced that we would have attacking soccer and we've gotten that just, it hasn't accomplished its goal, mm. but we're sending men forward. But we also were kind of promised playoffs, uh, without right. being promised. He said it. And so, you know, people aren't living up to, to what, you know, what they promised. But what you were saying is, is totally right. Like, what is going on in the front office and, and who's responsible? I'm not sure who. And honestly, if they fired someone, would it be even the right guy or the guy that deserved it, for goodness sake? And, and that's – I think that's the, the most frustrating 
area, I guess, for a team to be uh, underperforming in as a, as a fan base because it's one of those things where, okay, it's it's the front office. So then, you know, who is it in the front office? Is it even a person who's who's a public kind of outfacing figure in the front office? Uh, is kind of the the first thing that that I'm always curious about. And then, you know, okay. They make changes. Do they have to announce them? Is it you know? Is there like a responsibility for the club to announce when they when they let go of front office guys or bring new ones in? Um, it's not like a coach. It's not like a GM where you know clearly they go okay. Uh, you know, John is isn't working out for us. We're going to get rid of him tomorrow, and then we're going to look to replace him. And, and they kind of you know update people sporadically or, or weekly on kind of who they brought in and, and, and when they replace the guy, they have a press conference for their front office. It's a lot more um, cloudy than that, which is mm. understandable. If you look at it from, it's a business standpoint, you know, it's, it's not like every time a, a fortune 500 company loses a, a member of their, you know, uh, board that they announce it, right? But, you know, from a from a soccer team, especially a lower-level one, where, you know, a lot of people know who those guys are and follow them on Twitter and they have a social media presence and you can see them at every game, you kind of, you know, are looking around and going, okay, like, when are they going to start actively, you know, treating us like we're a part of this, this community or whatever, so. Yeah, I think that's a good point, too, because as, as people that kind of follow the team closely and they give us they're really nice about giving us access mm. about with all of that. Mm. And and looking behind the curtain, you think you know, these soccer teams are just like perfect, well-run machines, especially, you know, our owner is a guy that runs, you know, a Fortune 500 company. Right. And, and you think you just assume everything's golden. And it's really interesting to look behind the curtain and hear the rumors and and mm. things don't sure. run like that. And, and we're human beings. It's it's sure. a small organization. It's not a giant corporation. So mm. It be expected. I'm not talking crap on anybody by any means, but mm. um, but yeah, it's really interesting to think about any kind of weird pitfalls and, and holes in an organization like a soccer team like that 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 might have bad communication or might have surprises here and there and might treat people differently. Um, you know, it's a little family of sorts, so it's it's just strange all these things that can happen. And it, you know, it's it's a cycle too. Um, I don't know how much that that helps anybody out you know st louis way in in terms of looking at it that way but you know clubs have their their down periods and their up periods um you know personally speaking bethlehem last year towards the end of the season was a train wreck where it was you know we only needed 1.12 games didn't get it and now you know we're, we're back um comfortably in a playoff spot you know uh cincinnati beginning of the year things were looking pretty bad for them um, speaking of a team that was promised a lot at the beginning of the season that wasn't exactly, you know, mm. delivering on it. And now, you know, they're playing Miami t- tomorrow. What's today? Tomorrow. Tomorrow in the U.S. Open Cup <laughs> in the semifinal. Um, it is tomorrow, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, yeah, it sucks when, when things are down, but it's it's the uh, the circle of life, as it were. You know, it'll... Um, and, and you hope sooner rather than later, but eventually, you know, it, it comes around. So it does, it does. And as I said before, and this is a, a better, much more positive way to kind of finish the conversation is that, yeah, historically, again, it's just 
this isn't the way Precky's gone. And so, mm. you know, if you want to look at history and hope that it's going to repeat itself, even if they don't make the playoffs, I would hope for a, a good run of wins, you know, at some point in the season to kind of hope for a, a better tomorrow, a better next year on, in the future. You know, you can't judge any coach on its first year. Right. And if there's troubles or if it's I've even heard someone say recently, I think it was Bobby Warshaw on MLS Extra Time and and he was saying something like, you know, if, if a team has instant success when someone takes over, it's almost a sign that your system's too easy and too simple mm. that's going to have pitfalls. He he quoted uh, Bob Bradley in that mm. um, situation. So yeah. maybe that's why he had early success and then it fell off a cliff. So sure. um, perhaps this system I've heard from the players themselves, it's, it's a different system than they've ever played. It's complicated. Uh, so perhaps at some point they'll figure it out, have a good run of games again. Maybe not the playoffs, but perhaps next year, something to look forward to being very good and not just scary and bad. I, I, I kind of wonder if there's if there's maybe two sides to that too. Where okay, you know, um, and you know maybe Warshaw was 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 thinking about um, San Jose because they've had recent success after Dom Kinnear leaving and, and Chris Light. It's exactly what he's talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, where sure, you know, that system looks, looks approachable and really easy where, you know, a, te- a technical director who doesn't, you know, ha- who never coached an MLS game or something crazy, um, before he took the helm over, over that way. Um, but at the same time, you know, maybe if your system is too hard and it's, it's, it's too different from anything these guys have seen before, um, Maybe your your approach, and I guess I'm kind of getting hung up on this. Maybe your approach to, to to bringing players in was wrong. You know, maybe it would be easier to to bring in a bunch yeah. of guys right out of college or a bunch of guys who are you know fresh out of an academy, and and you know teach them that way to play and and so they know it and it's not you know this this huge acclimation process because that well that you know, is one of those things that might sink a team by the second half of the season. Yeah, that's the perfect way to say that because he was comparing the earthquakes in that situation to Real Salt Lake, who Mm -hmm. has a young team who's obviously struggling badly. And he talked about the new coach taking over from the Real Monarchs. I'm blanking on his name right now. Pecky. Uh, Thank you, Pecky. And so, you know, his system may be really difficult and he's having to teach these kids up. But maybe you're right, bringing in young kids who are more malleable able to kind of teach this hard system yeah they're going to struggle for a long time real looks really bad but it may be something that pays off in the future and so um, that could happen with st louis for sure and it could be a good thing to watch watch as maybe real salt lake improves watch st louis improve it's uh it's funny you brought up petke um because actually just today i think he uh brought in his old goalkeeper coach from red bull that was his assistant to uh, mm. to head the the goalkeeping uh, staff over there at Real, so uh, you know maybe it's one of those things where they they need to grab an assistant who Frecky's familiar with, you know, from Chivas or, or well, formerly Chivas and, or, That's or Toronto, too. you know, one of those maybe because it, it might be, you know, the players' acclimation process. Precky has to get used to everybody. The front office has to get used to you know the people I listed before. Um, so maybe it's just kind of this weird, you know, the shoe doesn't fit right now, but you, you break it in a little bit and it'll, it'll start working out for you something like that. You know, it's not only that, but when you're talking about player acquisition, how hard is it to get it right to get 20 or 24 players 
perfect on your first go right and lose three to six of them in injury to injury at different times throughout the season mm. excluding one one or two that were pretty vital it seems like so you know like maybe it's not only the players getting used to the system it may also be Precky and our gm figuring out well this is the first time we've had to put this team together mm. with all these struggles mm. maybe it takes another year to get the guys right you know because once you miss that first window you know these transfer windows how hard is it to find a quality player in a transfer window other than rather than in the off season you know what i mean right. so that's got to be really hard too yeah you know there's a whole thing about the the kind of economics behind it's going to be a lot harder to get a 10 now you know it's it's a it's a lot harder to get a a justin portillo or a a chang from the battery or um uh like a a matt real from bethlehem if you knew a wing back or you know a bunch of a bunch of you know your your quality usl level guys um and then on top of that too it's not even like the nasl is having a fire sale anymore for these teams trying to get you know some 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 funds back (laughs) Good point. <laughs> um, you know, which which was totally a thing last year. So that kind of skewed everything in a, in a way, I think, too. Um, yeah, you know, like you're saying, if you get it wrong in the first window, all right, you have July to do it. But by that point, you have all these teams who, who have asking prices and they're set on them because they know that's what they're going to get. And maybe, you know, they have uh, offers from other teams for that, that price point. So, yeah, especially, you know, for a club that I think would trend to buy domestically to yes. it's even harder. Yeah. That's you know, what I was because, well, it's, it's, we're not going to give you a guy from, you know, right. uh, Richmond or, or Red Bull or, you know, any of the other Eastern conference teams. Cause we don't want to see him again. Yeah. <laughs> so, and they're not going to pull some huge guy from Europe. That's getting old. No, and and I, they, honestly, you know, you know I, I don't think they have to, um, no, I don't either. I, not that I, I think Precky, you know, is is valuable in a way that he has connections to Europe, uh, like directly. Um, but yeah, no, it, no, they don't, they don't need that. It's just, it's just so difficult now, um, you know, for anybody in in the U.S. to to try to sign anybody um, worth a damn. That you know, St. Louis doing it, you know, kind of. What's the point in a way too? I would think yeah. almost, but I agree. I agree. I think that's uh, that's the extent of what I've thought so far. Yeah, there's there's no there's no real uh, like positive way to end that, I suppose. No, hope for the future is <laughs> as good as it gets, Evan. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, that's all we have. I think this is this is like a a, a nice sort of. Um, I don't know. Like, I'd love to do a, a roundtable or something with with a bunch of, uh, of of various guys that have different sort of relationships with their clubs uh, in mm. in the podcast network. But um, yeah, you know, it's just always really interesting to hear about other teams and 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 uh, and, and fan perspectives of them. So for sure, I know there was some. Um, I'll call it lively debate on uh, in St. Louis FC Twitter, um, <laughs> but uh, I'm not one to discourage varying opinions. So if anyone wants to, to hit back at us in, in any way, they can they can totally feel free to do that. 
<laughs> yeah, it'd be cool to talk to those people with differing opinions for sure. It's something I've always invited. And, yeah, if nothing uh, else, course, just to figure out you know where they're coming from because it's not like they agree. it's not like they they get there in a day. You know, I, I yeah. think for as much as you're talking about, oh, it's been three years of, of false promises and everything like that. And, and you seem to be more kind of on the optimistic side of things. There is people, you know, and, and I say this as a fan of the Philadelphia Union who for like the first five years of their existence were awful, who get turned off by it at a mm-hmm. point. You know, there's only so much that that people can can take before they just completely, you know, switch off the product and, and go elsewhere. So, um, yeah, yeah, always super interesting to hear stories like that as well from more more pessimistic people. Without a doubt, without a doubt. Anyway, Phil, uh, thanks for for giving me a, a weird Skype video call tour of of, of North Dakota. Uh, no, thanks, thank you. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's darker. Show you this canyon right in front. Uh, of me. It's gorgeous. There you go. It's really how gorgeous. Much, how much perspective can that give you there? Uh, no, but you know, uh, looking forward to having you back. Actually, it's funny. You guys will probably have to find someone to fill in for me because I'll be out of town uh, next week. Oh, so, interesting. You know, plan accordingly. Yep, we'll do for sure. We'll Fair have to enough. figure that out. Yeah, yeah, for sure. 